0: Welcome, dear friends, to the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast hosted by three gentlemen for whom the very wheel itself bends around. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Bill, Rob, and Rich. And welcome, welcome back to the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Robert. And I am
1: Rich, finally, back from what three weeks, three episodes? Basically, it's <laughs> been a while.
0: It has been. It has been um crazy schedules all around for all three of us. I think Bill mentioned he had like a 4-hour train ride or something the other day and mm-hmm. you're your training and I got I got a bunch of crap going on too. And then I want to let everybody know we are a day late. This is going to post on Thursdays, which is something that we decided at the last second is since we're always last to report on Wheel of Time Wednesday news on the days that it does happen, I guess it's the first Wednesday of the month, we're going we're gonna to hold back for 24 hours so that we can give our fresh takes on the news as it comes out. Yes. So we can jump right into that. We don't have any new reviews at this time, but you know. Once again, if, rate and review, uh, share, share your love, share your opinions, share your thoughts. We're welcoming all forms of criticism. But as far as news goes, we have our first Game of Thrones crossover. That was, that was one of the things that I think people were speculating, that they wanted to distance the Wheel of Time from Game of Thrones as much as possible, so there's not many comparisons. But as people noted in the video, I guess last Wheel of Time Wednesday, the Michael McElhatton—I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Michael McElhatton was mm-hmm. seen at the reading table, and there was random speculation: could this be Tam? Could this be Tom? Could this be some other character? They—they uh, they finally let us know The he is officially Tam Al Thor. So, Ty Shear, McElhatton, welcome, welcome to the pattern.
1: Yep. You're—you're going to be greatly appreciated on this role. That's a this role is very important. And I love the
0: I love the comparisons between him and his his character on Game of Thrones, Bruce Bolton, uh both mm-hmm. fatherly uh characters, although the children uh of his
1: are two widely different characters. Yep. Well, I'm I'm going over a lot of the um uh, um a lot of the comments from Twitter yeah. that showed that and a lot of people are very happy with this.
0: I am too. Did you see Rafe's uh specific tweet about it?
1: I did not. I'm going through he, that.
0: He, he's, he basically said, you know, I understand the need to kind of maybe not go with game of Thrones alumni for the Wheel of time show,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but, but Michael knocked it out of the park so much that he had to cast him. And he thought, well, you know, I can, okay. Game of Thrones spoilers that he could give the guys responsible for the red wedding, a chance to redeem himself.
1: Ah, see, so yeah, I mean, I did see that one. I, I saw that one it was a good one. Um, I mean, I do like that they're doing everything they can to keep everything separate.
0: Yes. <clears throat> my only now concern is that the more we get away from it farther down the road, the more the, the Tom is being cut out theory is creeping into my mind.
1: Mm, so every week that. that it's
0: not announced is one more like, oh boy, oh boy. Hell,
1: they may do that at the last second. I hope.
0: I hope. You know, I'm, I'm happy with this casting. He's a great actor. Um, he'll, he'll make a great Tam Thor. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: all all for that. Thumbs up in my book.
1: Just starting to, to make me feel a little anxious here. Wait yeah. for that. <laughs> anxious in a in a good
0: let's get let's get this going. Let's get this going.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean we just we just need to know. It's it's time. Um it's we don't time. need to be yeah, we don't it's the real time. We we don't we need to be waiting on here. We just need to get this this going here.
0: Yes. Well I mean they're filming, I mean there's been there's been shots there, there was another Pick that was dropped on Twitter, where I guess someone saw in the background what could be people dressed as white cloaks. Mm-hmm. That, that was also kind of interesting. I love, I love how now the, the the Twitter of time community is now diving into every little piece of of, of content that comes out and, and and just drilling down all the minutia and finding all the little nuggets of joy. I love it. It's good, <clears throat> and it's fine that we talk about nuggets of joy because. Our chapter today is all about joy, and walking in the light, and yes and white cloaks. <laughs> chapter 30, Children of Shadow.
1: Um, oh, <clears> before <throat> we jump into that, oh, go I, ahead. Have, I, have, I have an announcement. Oh, so okay. I, not really an announcement, but I finished the book, book one of The Reckoners for Brandon Sanderson. Oh, yeah. have, you, have you read that book? No. But it's really freaking good. Oh, yeah? I highly recommend that for you. Wow,
0: I, 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 I would definitely, I'm a big, obviously big Sanderson fan myself, mm-hmm. I find it hard to read two books at once, like trying to play two video games for the same franchise <laughs> at once, It's it, I get crossed up, and I'm like, this should be there, but it's, oh wait, no wrong book.
1: Yep, it, it was actually, when I went on vacation, like I started it a week before on Audible, and it was only 18, I think it was 18 hours, no, it was either 12 or 18 hours, I can't remember, but. I started it and then I went on vacation as on the plane and everything. Like I listened to it so much. It was so good. So I highly recommend that. I I really hope that we talk about that eventually more. Uh, I know Bill liked it. Oh yeah. In, in, in
0: 20 years when we finish this, we'll start the Cosmere podcast or the Sanderson podcast. I'm sure Bill will be game for that. Uh, don't don't say (laughs) stuff like that. So Uh, anyways, that was my announcement. Nope. That's no, Hey, that's, you know, book club with rich. Okay, that's right. So, Chapter Thirty, Children of Shadow. Um, this is another Perrin Egwene Elias chapter. You know, starts off Perrin. Per, what was I called? Perrin has his moment of doubt. There, I guess, along the way that they're going, there's a pool there, the only known body of water for miles in the in the in this plains area that they're at. Mm-hmm. So, Perrin's down to the pool, and he's doubting himself because last chapter they had the ravens attack, the ravens chasing him. Right. And yep. his mind was like, he, he went, to, you know, he kind of went to a dark place in what if the Ravens got to Egwin, what would I have to do to help her? If it was a no win situation and his mind kind of went dark with some of the options that were there. And, and he went he, real dark. He went real dark. I mean, it was a logical way to think, but it was very dark and he, he really hated himself and he hated his acts. You know, he he was like, I can't I can't even believe that I was thinking these thoughts on what to do with this axe. Elias catches up with him and he's like, Son, what's the problem? And he's like, I hate this axe. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And he's and he's getting ready to just chuck it into the pool and forget it. Elias kind of steps up, he does he does a really good thing, he stops him, and he basically explains to him, Use that hate. Use the hate to help her, to help yourself, to get out of whatever situation you're in as long as you are hating that axe as you're using it go with it the moment you don't hate it put it down and walk away yep some real deep stuff there and i, I, I love the, the the way that he kind of explained it to parent because that's the kind the way he explained it to parent is not basic in a bad way but but basic in a way that parent immediately just like you're 100 correct Thanks for being here and thanks for helping me. That's exactly mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. They're they're by the pool. They're they're kinda past that point and they're kinda talking. Then all of a sudden they get the they get the word, they get the message from the wolves at the same time. Urgent, urgent. Many wrong smelling humans approach. Time to go. Time to go now. Without even saying a word to each other. Both Perrin and Alliance were like, Yep, I got that. Let's go get Edwin. We're out.
1: Now they're in the setting right now, right? That's they
0: are the pool water. They're by, yes, they're by pool water. Yes. The steading stops magic, but it, it's not going to stop who approaches them or who's coming right now.
1: Yeah. Did we talk, did you guys talk about what the steading really means and everything?
0: Well, what's, what are your thoughts on that?
1: So, I mean, not really what it means, but like the steading itself is the place where the O gear, have we, have we've met an O gear already, right? Not
0: yet. We've heard them mentioned, but we haven't okay. met any
1: yet. Okay so the setting in my opinion basically is that safe area um, away from everything yes all the magic all the troubles it's basically where the light and the dark don't really have any influence on
0: kind of a neutral land Mm -hmm.
1: so that's i was i was wondering to make sure you guys we talked about that one because the setting does play a big factor in a lot of A lot of news with with the Ogier and and being a safe area. Yeah.
0: Bill mentioned last week that this specific Steading is not inhabited by the Ogier. So it's kind of within the world of Steadings. This one Mm -hmm. in particular is unique because it's, for lack of a better term, desolate. Uh, And there was a, a line in the last chapter that I liked that basically said, the Ogier don't make the Steading, but the Steading make the Ogier.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: That kind of that kind of lays it down how how reverent these places are. But word has come down from there, you know, wolf scouts is that the, the way they word it is said many wrong smelling humans approach bad bad guys come.
1: go that, or they have about have about a bad body odor. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't shower.
0: Not even just a bad body odor, but it's almost like they can sense the wrongness or the eat. I don't want to say evil because. White cloaks don't consider themselves evil, but the wrongness of them. The wolves can smell that. Yep. Elias tells him, I'll stall them, boys. You take the girl and go. So they're they, they, they are in the dark, running towards this uh, stone outcrop on a hill. And one thing that one thing that uh, Perrin's starting to notice is that he has night vision. Because Egwene's like, Perrin, I can't see anything. It's pitch black. But Perrin's like, well, yeah, we're heading towards... Towards the hill, or towards the stone outcrop.
1: Apparently, yeah. I, don't, I don't see anything. That's actually pretty cool. He, he's like, I, I can see fine. At first, he doesn't realize that's what he's got. Mm-hmm. He's just like, Oh, I can. What are you talking about? It's right there in front of us.
0: Yeah, and until Egwene like stopped He's like, Egwene, what are you holding back for? She's like, I don't know where we're going. It's dark. And the parents like, Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. I'm kind of, <laughs> All right. Kind uh, of freak yeah. here.
0: Yeah. So as they're making their way towards the stones on the hill, he realizes that they're not just. Random stones, but actually the hands from the Hawk, Arder Hawkwing statue that they talked about in the last chapter, because they they camped mm-hmm. by one of his eyes. As they get closer, he realizes these 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 are fingers from his hands sticking out of the ground. Which I hope they had include that in the TV show because that that looks pretty damn cool to me.
1: I'm sure they will. Um, that's a pretty big thing to have in in the story right there because Arder Hawkwing was a very very influential very important man back in the past
0: oh more than you know
1: (laughs) yep that I know yeah
0: more than you know at least as a (laughs) nail yeah so you know last chapter we got the whole kind of backstory of Ardor Hawkwing and how he ruled all of the lands even took some of his armies across the ocean to, to, to kind of scat out over there and you know his background was that he was normal people under him lived a happy peaceful life with full bellies but he was absolutely ruthless and vicious to anyone who challenged his power, which is what they would mention, like it's a 20 year siege on Tarle and you know, all that. So he was a good King, but you did not want to cross him. So
1: it reminds me of, I want to throw a Marvel thing out there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't Uh, doubt it from you. (laughs) And you know, Odin was like that. He was very ruthless in the very beginning. Heartless, yeah,
0: I can give you that. i I can go there with you, yeah,
1: yeah, very heartless, and then later on, he kind of mellowed out, and he became a very peaceful king, yes, but was not afraid of a challenge, oh no, that's yeah, that don't stare me down i will I'll, I'll kill you, yeah, it's like i am just I'm just here, but I'll get up off this throne, and i'll yeah. I'll put a smack down on you,
0: <laughs> be t- there'll be two two hits, me hitting you, you hitting the ground, mm hmm <laughs> so while they're making their way this and i i wanted to ask this i'll ask this to 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 bill the next time we speak to him but i want to ask this to you as well while they were running towards the stones Egwene literally asks him a random question out of the blue and she she asks parent if he will dance with her if they're home by by uh sunday just a random question yeah that was weird and I wanted to know if you had any thoughts on that. I'm sure Bill has a theory crafted already, but I wanted to throw that to you. If you have any idea, if why why she decided at that men- at that time to to mention dancing with Parent if they're home by Sunday.
1: Well, okay. So two things I thought about that. One is that she has the hots for Wolf Boy here, um, <laughs> which could possibly be it. Or two, you know, they're friends. And they've been friends for a very long time, and she still she might feel guilty about dancing with that tinker boy. Oh, and okay. she just needs to, you know, get that guilt from her. Maybe I, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that, but I I just think she's got a she's got a hankering for some wolf.
0: Well, to to all our listeners, I'd like to remind them that 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 Rich has only read the first three
1: books. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know crap. <laughs> We'll just use my predictions.
0: That's 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 to quote Obi Wan. That's one version of the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No, I'm just curious. I'm, it was literally just a random thing, but I think maybe your Aram theory has a little more weight. Maybe she feels jealous for spending so much time with Aram that she she wanted to. to I'll dance with you, Parent. If, if we're home by. But it's even the part where she said "If we're home by Sunday," because Eggway knows. They're not going to be home by next Sunday or the Sunday after that or the Sunday after that. She's going, as far as she knows, in this point in time, she's headed to Tar to start training. Yep. So the dancing part I can understand, but the be home by Sunday, completely out of the blue for me. And I don't know where she got that from. You know, one theory is maybe she's scared witless right now. Because they're being chased and she's in the dark and you know, she knows Perrin can communicate with wolves now. So she's maybe a little freaked out and just this random question popped out of her head and her lips couldn't stop it. I, I don't know.
1: But I just I'm I'm curious to see what, what Bill thinks about that too. Mm. <laughs> he probably thinks the same thing I do. She got the hots. <laughs> alright, alright. <laughs> Okay. You know, anyway, last now. minute kind of thing. Like we're gonna die. Uh, I don't know who these people are. You know, time to confess my love.
0: <laughs> I've always loved you.
1: That's right.
0: Uh so, and I'm I may be jumping up ahead here, but when when they get to the hiding place, they can look out to where they were by the pool, and they see, they hear noises, they hear scuffles, they mm-hmm. hear or they see like what could be like torches being ridden on horseback and they see like multiple sets of these torch lights whoever was ch- whoever came into their area there were a lot of them they were able to break up into smaller groups yeah and the wolves and elias are kind of they're trying they're to pick sp- them off one by one they're trying to pick them basically off. they're trying to yeah yeah i'm trying I'm blanking on the exact word i'm trying to, to harry them they're trying they're trying to harry them to get them off the scent of of yeah where Perrin and egg went after, after some time of hearing this and seeing the torchlights, the, the group of people start to make their way towards the hill where they're hiding, and uh-huh. they can tell that they're white cloaks. They come The, the white cloaks come upon where Perrin and Eggway are. They don't see them, but they can hear something, and they know there's people there, so the white cloaks are staying back saying, come out. You're outnumbered. We got you. Who are you? you it's, better to, it's better to walk in the light and come out and talk to us now. Uh-huh. Now... I don't count this as a time parent was stupid because it makes actual perfect sense. Perrin's thought process was, if we run, they will catch us and kill us instantly without thinking about it. Correct. So he decides to surrender, which is a smart move. So this is definitely not... not yeah, a time it's not that stupid. Not a time that Perrin's stupid, although we will mention that coming up. But, but this specific incident, no, he made the right choice. They... No way they would have outrun. No. And they, by running, they would have been slaughtered on sight. Yeah. So, perrin walks up, you know, hands up. Oh, we're, we're, you know, we're we're just two random people wandering, wandering around. We don't know what's going on. You guys scared us. We spooked us. We ran off. So as he's trying to kind of negotiate with with these white cloaks, Hopper comes to the rescue. I got here. Hopper comes to the rescue. Dot dot dot. Sort of. So Hopper takes out at least one of the White Cloaks, but then he gets skewered. And mm. do, you, do you listen to Critical Role podcast? I don't. Oh, okay. So then my next my next joke would, would uh, fall on deaf ears. But to those of you who also listen to Critical Role, I have here Perrin goes full grog and I would like to rage. So at the sight of Hopper getting skewered, Perrin kind of loses consciousness and goes into a frenzied rage and kind of yep. blacks out. Us as a reader doesn't kinda has an idea what happened, but doesn't know the details until later. But I kinda see this absolutely happening where he's got connections to these wolves. And seeing Hopper just get just a spear to the side and just literally get skewered, he just loses all sense of reality and and goes complete apeshit.
1: Yeah. He does feel the
0: pain though. He does, yes, that's right. He also I think and also one thing that we noted too from the last chapter, when the ravens attack the wolves, he can sense their senses. So he like tastes the blood, tastes the feathers. So I'm sure he gets some of that some of that same kind of sensation when, when Hopper was, was attacking the white cloaks. Mm-hmm. So everything goes black. As Perrin wakes up, he wakes up in a tent. All he knows is we're in a tent. He's with Egwene. She's alive, but they're hog it's not like they're just like handcuffed or they're in a chair with their hands high back. They're literally hogtied with I guess ankles to wrists, which, you know, I can kind of understand with Perrin, but to do that to Egwene's kind of kind of kind of barbaric in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so hell, yeah. yeah, so they're hogtied on the floor and they are in the presence of Geofram, Bornhold, anointed child of light. So That guy. That that guy. <laughs> so we've we've met white cloaks before, but now we've met like the first officer or higher-ranking child of light. While while um, when they first meet him, you know they're hogtied on the floor. But even still, Perrin was comparing him to an old grandfatherly figure. You know, I guess the way he was talking to them was more of a calm, soothing manner at the beginning, and he kept comparing him to like a grandfather, and he's. Almost getting drawn into to that kind of visage.
1: He has this weird feel of me for like old Anthony Hopkins. Again, oh, oh. yeah.
0: <laughs> now um, I can see that. I can see that because because Anthony Hopkins is definitely has the acting chops to be able to to I'm evil as hell. But you don't know that yet, and I can kind of woo you in with my charms. Yeah. So we also meet Jared Bayar, Child Bayar. He bursts in. He gives a report to Bornhold. And immediately, Bornhold calls him out for over-exaggerating the numbers.
1: Yeah, yeah that was actually pretty good. He's yeah. like, no. He's like, it's it's a whole bunch of people. We're surrounded. We did everything. And the guy's like, no. There was 50 of them.
0: And, and they had 100 wolves and and and, and armies of Trollocs. <laughs> not only did he call them out for the over-exaggeration, Bornhold himself, you know, pit, capitulated what he thinks the numbers were, and he was pretty much dead on, exactly right. He's like, I think it was about, actually, child by I think it was about maybe what about a dozen wolves, maybe these two, whoever these people are, and that was that. that was about it. You know, I, I appreciate your zealousness, but that's. But that's, you way wrong. Yeah, but you way right wrong, and you got to be careful with that zealousness. And he and he drops, you know, my son. As I tell my son Dane, name drop overzealousness can can lead you astray yep when when he gets this kind of gentle kind of gentle scolding buyer looks at perrin and buyer buyer looks at him with absolute seething anger Perrin has no idea why he, he never met the man before so he's like maybe it's because i you know he got scolded and, and you know i was sitting here listening to it maybe he hates me for that Perrin still has no idea what happened
1: the dude hates him Like, full-blown hates him. He just
0: looks at him with hate and turns like,
1: what did I do? I don't know you. I don't know you from squat. Why do you hate me so much?
0: Yeah. Bornhold Sr. starts asking for, what are you doing? Why are you out here? Why do you have the axe, too? He shows the axe to to Byer. He goes, what do you think of this? Of course, they're like, well, only a dark friend would have an axe. This axe was expertly crafted and only a a master axeman would, would, would... wield such a weapon. They must be evil dark friend people. Maybe it could have been just that Master Luhan was an expert level blacksmith and crafted an axe so beautiful <laughs> that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that Perrin's a master axe it just means that Master Luhan's an excellent blacksmith. But no, nope. Well, yeah. You're evil must it must mean they're evil. Whatever.
1: Yeah, because you could you could have some of the coolest and best looking gear, but be absolute garbage with it. Yeah, it's like
0: you know, Perrin was at the time was like what a level one barbarian, whatever barbarian. I'm gonna go with Dungeons and Dragons, and a master blacksmith hands him a weapon that's way above his grade, so he can't use it. Yeah. He can't really use it that well yet, but he carries it around like he can. Yeah, as as we'll find out with the white cloaks, if you're not exactly with them, odds are you're evil. Per- Perrin starts to go down the right path, and he wasn't going to use the story that that Egwene and him had. I forget where the original, where their original fake story started at, but they were making their way through, you know, they were the farm, they're run away from the farmer's daughter kind of, kind of story. So he starts to tell them the truth, which is smart because these guys shit detectors are probably elite level and they'll pick up on lies real quick. Oh yeah. So he tells them that, you know, we're from Emmons Field. We were making our way. Talked to a warder you know we we heard about this and then and, and, Gio, and Gio friends like, "Whoop, timeout you 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 spoke with a warder, and yeah, then, that one shouldn't say anything about well well well, we been in eggwing chimes in oh well we 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 talked to them at an inn uh one night and and that was that was it, just just the one night, so there we go, we're gonna chalk that up, time parent was stupid. He dropped Warders. he dropped talking to Warders to the White Cloaks.
1: Yeah, should have done that.
0: Yeah. The warder links him to Aes Sedai, which is almost the entire reason why the children exist was to, you know, eradicate the evil witches. Yep. But then, you know, upon searching Perrin, they found his coin from Marain. So that's a t- and, and they called it a Tarvalan mark, which is another like well. You're obviously associating with these people. You you talk to a warder. You have their currency in your pocket. You know, explain yourself. Uh, well. Hmm.
1: No, I got nothing. Yeah, I
0: got <laughs> nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. So upon seeing that Bornhold may have already concluded that they were dark friends, Perrin decided to tell the truth or some version of the truth. So he keeps going and he says, you know, we heard about this place. We made our way through Shadar off on the way to, to, to the next town over and then and, you know, time out again. Sorry, time out again. Wheel that one back. Who told you about Shadar Loga? Yeah. Um, well, well, Ah, crap. <laughs> yeah, and it it's like oh, crap. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that either. So we're gonna count this as a second time, parent was stupid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, him dropping Shadar Loga to the to the white cloaks as well. So even with Egwene helping out with the story, you know, the children aren't buying any of it. The expertly crafted acts, the talking to the warders, the going to shit our Logoth, all adds up that, you know, you guys aren't telling us the truth. So you're going to hang out with us until until you decide to tell us the truth. They are now officially captives of the White
1: Cloaks. And Perrin is tied... he's tied up real good. Yes. Like real, real good. Yeah. Like bondage level good. Yeah, that's what I'm
0: saying. Yeah, like, like, yeah, his it wrists to ankles. T- turns to turns to Egwin and he's like, child, we're going to be heading back to our home, to our capital, to our home base in Amdor. But first we have to go to Camelon for a while. In that time, you have, you have all that time to, to reassess your situation. And when you want to feel you want to tell us the truth, you tell us the truth and repent your sins, walk in the light. And yep. we can definitely take that as a good sign and see that you are truly a child of light and be fine on hearing that, Perrin starts to think, "Oh, well, maybe there isn't a way out of here. So good, so she can do that. Okay, what about me?" And then we get the last last paragraph or last line where Geofram turns to Perrin, and he can he he sees this deep deep sorrow building within his face, and he's like, "Well, you killed two of my guys. Yep, your fate has been sealed. Sorry for you." Chapter end. So I, I love the I love the chilling way that it ended you realize the parent realizes oh shit what happened i blacked out there for a bit what happened yep obviously he killed two white cloaks or or so has been claimed what are your what are
1: your thoughts um i mean to be honest you know because of what he did it's pretty understandable that that's why they would do that they're just like you know what you're done you've already killed people there's no going back I know. And, and and you think about it, they didn't, to be honest,
0: Hopper struck first. Yeah. When Hopper was skewered, Perrin went into a rage and kind of blacked out. So it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to argue for Perrin. But then again, these guys go around with their own set of laws and, a, and judge, jury, and executioners. And they t- to do things their way, regardless of the state regardless of whatever country they're in or or rules or wherever they and they just do what they please yep yeah if we were in a court if if perry was in a court and and that was his story you know oh he killed the wolf and i blacked out i don't think a jury would uh be too gentle on him either
1: although we do have animal rights people
0: we do but then if if they said i killed two people because i saw them kill a wolf that still wouldn't wouldn't get too much uh that's true wolf i saw this wolf attack me and or wolf attacked this guy then I killed the wolf then the guy that I was protecting killed two other people uh, lots of death lots of death but i can see the child i can see, it's just ironic because parents parent Perrin and Eggwin are two of the heroes of the story but i can see the side from bornhold and the white cloaks yeah it's a good it's a good chapter it's a great chapter i mean we're we're hitting the bar of the book i think is like the sweet spot because the next couple chapters after this is just chock full of goodness we get some good good parent background he's getting more and more with the wolves you know he's immediately picking up the same signals from elias he's picking up the sensations he's 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 fighting with the wolves let's just hope he can find a way out of this this pickle he's in with the children who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe the children are forgiving and, and, and they'll just forget the whole thing happened. Just Okay.
1: When have they ever done that? <laughs> they kill people at random just because they either looked like dark friends or they're just suspicious that what that person just said has an intent of dark friend. I know. So yeah, I know. They, they, they'd one, be crazy.
0: <laughs> they They are masters at holding
1: grudges. They don't forget. <laughs> yeah. They're very... Uh, the only so i mean my impression of the old man to your friend yeah is i mean i like him he has that older look to and i think one of the things they say in the in the chapter is you know he he treats the two like they're he's their grandparent or his grandfather and he's getting on to them because they mischievously got into something they shouldn't have been getting into yeah so that's that's how i look at this is you know He tends to not be like the other white cloaks. He knows that. Um, He understands that those, the way that everybody else looks at things is not the way it should be. But he still knows that, okay, yeah, you did kill two of my men. I'm sorry, but you're you're
0: done. Well, the part, there's one line in there that explains your frame, and you kind of put it, hit the nail right on the head. He truly, truly is sorry. He doesn't want to do it, but he is absolutely bound by duty. It's black and white. You you did this. Now here are the consequences. I don't like it any more than you do. You know, yeah, one of those it's going to hurt me more than it hurts you type of things. Basically, overall, it was a good chapter. Like I said, we get more background on the white cloaks mm-hmm. outside of the one scene with Rand. We just hear about them in the background. This is the first chapter we get where we see that they're really a thorn in the side. Yep, and they always, always pop up when you when you least expect it, and when you least hope that they show up. Because as they pop up, you'll be like, "Oh God, not these guys again!"
1: But that's how that's how they roll. That's how they yeah, roll. They, they pop out of everywhere.
0: <laughs> so that will lead us into our readings with Rob segment. And now, the Taviren present to you readings with Rob, Chapter Thirty. Children of Shadow, give them back their belongings, child Bayar, not the weapons, of course. When Bayar looked at him in surprise, Bornhold added, Or are you one of those who have taken to looting the unenlightened, child Bayar? It is a bad business, that, yes? No man can be a thief and walk in the light. Bayar seemed to struggle with disbelief at the suggestion. Then you're letting us go? Egwene sounded surprised. Perrin lifted his head to stare at the Lord Captain. Of course not, child, Bordhole said sadly. You may be telling the truth about being from the Two Rivers, since you know about Berlon and the mines. But Sedar That is a name very, very few know. Most of them dark friends. And anyone knows enough to know the name, knows enough not to go there. I suggest you think of a better story on the journey to Amador. You will have time since we must pause in Cameron. Preferably the truth, child. There is freedom in truth and the light. Bayar forgot some of his indifference to the grey-haired man. He spun from the prisoners, and there was an outraged snap to his words. You can't. It is not allowed. Bornhold raised one eyebrow quizzically, and Bayar pulled himself up short swallowing. Is, forgive me, my lord captain. I is, forgot myself, and I humbly beg pardon and submit myself for penance. <laughs> but as my lord captain himself has pointed out, we must reach Camlin in time, and with most of our remants gone, we will be hard pressed enough without carrying prisoners along. And what would you suggest? Bornhold asked calmly. The penalty for the is death. The flat voice made it all the more jarring. He might have been suggesting stepping on a bug. Uh, there is no truce with the shadow. There is no mercy for dark friends. Zeal is to be applauded, a child buyer. But, as I must often tell my son Dane, overzealousness can be a grievous fault. Remember that the tenants also say, no man is so lost that he cannot be brought to the light. These two are young. They cannot yet be deep in the shadow. They can yet be led to the light if they will only allow the shadow to be lifted from their eyes. We must give them that shot. For a moment, Perrin almost felt affection for the grandfatherly man who stood between them and Bayar. Then Bornhold turned his grandfather's smile on Egwin.
1: If you refuse
0: to come to the light, by the time we reach Amador, I will be forced to turn you over to the questioners, and besides them, by our zeal is but a candle beside this sun. The gray-haired man sounded like a man who regretted what he must do, but who had no intention of ever doing anything but his duty as he saw it. Repent. Renounce the Dark One, come to the light, confess your sins, and tell what you know of this vileness with wolves, and you will be spared that. You will walk free in the light. His gaze centered on Perrin, and he sighed sadly. Ice filled Perrin's spine. What's you? Just Perrin from the two rivers. You killed two of the children. He touched the axe that Bayar still held. For you, I fear, a gibbet waits you in Amador. That was readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at Tavirenpod with your request. And that was... Readings with Rob. I, I as I mentioned in the Discord server, I think I may have accidentally created Jamaican Geofram. Uh, I tried, but the accent kind of kind of wavers all over the place. That's awesome. <laughs> I need I need Bill to give me a ruling on that one. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> See next chap oh, next chapter we have Play for Your Supper. Could have many different meetings, but I think we get our first uh look at Rand and Matt. Gleeman's in training. Yes, that that's gonna be a fun chapter too. This was fun. This was fun. I appreciate appreciate the time, Rich. Yeah. How's training
1: coming along? It's it's going. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I, I hurt a lot, but when, it's well worth it.
0: When's your next competition?
1: Uh, January. Okay. It's my first one, so.
0: I had I had a cousin who maybe about I don't know. Eight ten years ago, uh, got into body 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 like bodybuilding competitions. Yeah, and for maybe like four to six months at a time, his entire diet was water and grilled
1: chicken with no seasoning. No, I don't do that. <laughs> no, I yeah. love food too much.
0: <laughs> no, but that's great. We I mean, we need to get more. We need to get more reports <laughs> on on how on how the training competition goes along.
1: And how much my pain I'm in.
0: How much pain you're in.
1: <laughs> it's a lot. Not really a lot of pain, like oh my god, I, I think I broke my leg or something, but it's just like soreness constantly.
0: Oh, I can so. I can
1: only imagine. Yeah. Is uh, what it is.
0: Hey, you could be hog tied to a tent in the middle of nowhere with some old grandfather telling you're gonna put
1: you to a gibbet. Yeah, I don't want that. That seems uh That's very... a different kind of training, huh? Yeah, that's That's definitely some, <laughs> some weird stuff, but yeah. Oh boy. Uh, all
0: right. All right. Well, guys, this was, this was fun. I hope uh, you enjoyed. Welcome, Michael Mick to the to the Wheel of Time world. Yeah. Formerly the former Roose Bolton, now Tam Al Thor. White cloaks beware. The Al Thors are coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think I am. What am I going to do? I am going to go run with the wolves. What about you?
1: I'm gonna go try to get untied. No, I, feel, I feel I feel like I'm very tied up at the moment.
0: <laughs> Tell you what, if you're able to get untied, that might impress the Eggwing and the ladies.
1: Those oh, those Tinker you know.
0: Dancers might might like to know how you how you uh, finagle that one.
1: Oh, you know. <laughs> no, 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 Rich, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry, you don't need to know.
0: Nope, nope, it's it's all you. No. <laughs> all right, guys. This was fun. We'll see you next week. Bye! Later. Now that our heroic trio have left the familiar confines of the two rivers, they find themselves being chased by all sorts of denizens of the Dark One. Our party has been scattered and the boys separated from Margrane and Land. Let us hope that luck, or some other force, can keep them safe. Uh, Bill? Bill? Billiam! Put that dagger down! You have no idea where in creation that's been. No, no, Rich. I don't have an extra cloak with me. Maybe if you didn't ride your horse straight into the Arenal, you wouldn't have this problem, hmm? (gasps) For crying out loud, Robert, I know that girl from Berlon said weird things to you, but you shouldn't let it get under your skin so much. What are you, eleven? You all remind me of a younger version of myself. Why, back in Watch Hill, I would...
2: podcasters assemble podcasters assemble season two is a hype slash rewatch podcast that's reviewing every movie in the star wars skywalker saga and a countdown to the release of episode nine as with season one where we covered all of the films in the marvel cinematic universe we want to hear from you about your favorite things in the star wars films you can submit audio for just one of the movies in the skywalker saga or you can send in an audio file for every single one Talk about what you love about the film, your favorite like light side moment versus dark side moment, or your favorite music cue, your favorite quote, or your favorite ship or vehicle in the movie. If you go to probablywork.com and look for Podcasters Assemble, you'll find these instructions as well as a link on where to go to submit your audio. In order to make sure we have time to edit everything, we're looking for you to submit your audio a couple days before. Th- so the deadline for the first episode is going to be October 20th, and then it's weekly after that. So for episode two, it's October 27th and so on from there. Again, you can find the schedule and all of this information at probablywork.com. Whether you're a podcaster, a YouTuber, a streamer, or just a fan of Star Wars, we wanna hear from you. So head to probablywork.com or look up at castersassemble on Twitter and share your thoughts about Star Wars. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.
1: Disney Plus, which comes out next week. Yeah. I'm super excited for. It says, every cartoon from your childhood to watch on day one. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Thank God I've pre-ordered it.
0: Are we we not going to see Rich for a while?
1: Uh, you might not. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out.
0: You'll be the one at the gym pumping iron with gargoyles on in the background.
1: Yeah. <laughs>